Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We've been in a series that we've called Things Jesus Never Said, but today... We are actually pushing pause on this series for one week, and we'll pick it back up next week, because I want to share with you a very special message that one of my pastors, Pastor Robert Morris, shared. And Pastor Robert is a senior pastor at at Gateway Church. It's an amazing church in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, and uh, that, that I had the pleasure of being on staff for five years, and um Pastor Robert recently spoke an amazing message, and it's very on time of where we are right now as a church that I think really applies to all of us. And by the way, Gateway is one of our two sending churches that has been there every single step of the way um, during our church planning process, providing covering and their their family. And uh, Pastor Robert, he shared such an amazing message that I think is so on time and just applies. So this is what I want you to do. Get out your Bible, get something to take a whole lot of notes because I think they're going to check whenever you get to heaven, they're going to check where's your notes. And so we need to write down our notes. So get that out and welcome one of my pastors, Pastor Robert Morris. All right. So if you have your Bibles, uh, Psalm 42 is where I'm going to be today. Um, And here's the message that the Lord gave me for you. Um, I, I feel like that there's a lot of fear and a lot of panic right now. I, I was talking with one of our medical doctors in the congregation, and he said it's fear and panic. It's just panic. He used that word. Well, the, I told him, I said, well, the message the Lord's given me, and here's the title of the message is peace, not fear. Peace, not fear. This is why I felt like the Lord said, don't, don't continue with the blessed life right now. Preach a now word for this weekend, for where we are as a congregation. So that's what I'm doing, all right? Peace, not fear. Now, let me explain something to you. There's a difference between concern and fear. In other words, you can be concerned and not be fearful. If your child falls and hurts his wrist and you're taking that child to urgent care or the ER and you're getting x-rays, you're doing what you should do, you're concerned, but you don't have to have fear. And you know the difference. You know the difference. You, you've been in that spot where you can feel fear taking over and you have to stop yourself and say, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna be fearful. I'm gonna trust God, but I'm gonna be concerned about my child and I'm gonna do what the medical experts are telling us to do. And that's what we're doing right now with this virus. So um, we're gonna have concern at Gateway Church. We're gonna make wise decisions, but we're not gonna move out of fear. So the Lord took me to Psalm 42. Let me give you a little background on Psalm 42. This is when Absalom... Uh, one of David's sons has formed a coup and an army, and he's trying to dethrone David. He's trying to take over the throne. And in essence, David had to go into quarantine. He's got an enemy invading, invading the land, even though it's his own son doing this. He's got someone coming in to try to overthrow him. Something's coming against him and what God's called him to do. And he has to pull back. He has to be wise. He has to make wise decisions and he goes into quarantine. He even said, I'm going into battle with you, to his men. And they said, no, no, you're not. You need to stay here because they'll go right after you. You need to stay, you need to stay home in essence, you know. So, 
So he writes Psalm 42. Let me read you the first couple of verses. Verses one and two says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, which this is a real famous worship song, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And watch what he says here. When shall I come and appear before God? Now here's what he's actually talking about. When am I gonna get to go back to church? When am I going to, he had to leave Jerusalem and he had to leave the temple and he's saying, when, when am I going to get to go back to the, and for him it was the tabernacle. When am I going to get to go back to the tabernacle? So I got three points, obviously, for you. I know you know that. So I got three points for you, all right? When, when you're under a time like this, what do you do? Okay, so they're real practical, okay? So here's number one. Stop listening to yourself. Stop listening to yourself. Now watch what David says in verse four. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. In other words, I talk to myself. For I used to go with the multitude, that's the big public gathering. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. He twice he says a multitude, a large gathering. I used to get to go to church with the large gathering. Can't do it anymore. I pour out my soul within me. Here's what he's saying. I, I, I complain. I grumble, I murmur within me. I'm telling, I'm telling myself how bad it is. I'm, I'm working myself up on the inside. I'm pouring up my soul and I'm telling myself all the negative things that can happen. Here's the problem with that. Uh, not only are you gonna discourage yourself, you're gonna discourage everyone around you, but you're gonna get more discouraged. Listen, when you're depressed, uh, don't listen to yourself. <laughs> it's a depressed person trying to cheer up a depressed person, okay? So there's a problem there, okay? We gotta get in the Word and we gotta talk to some other folks and we gotta stay in connection even though we can't come in public gatherings. But we can't go down the negative. Now, here is the problem when you go down the negative road. The enemy jumps in and he makes it even worse. Uh, let me show you this in Psalm 42. Verse three says, my tears have been my food day and night while they... We're gonna come back to this word they, we're gonna define it, let the Bible define it. While they continually say to me, where is your God? So who's they? Well, if you look down at verses nine and 10, he tells us, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where's your God? There it is, while they say to me, where is your God? But he tells us who they are, his enemies. We have an enemy too. And I'm telling you, Satan will jump on you at this time. It's amazing you would think, it's like, hey, we're going through a crisis, a pandemic in the whole world. Why don't you leave me alone? But he'll just jump. He'll just lie. He'll tell you a bunch of lies. He'll do everything he can. He'll tell you millions are gonna die. They're not gonna be able to find a vaccine or a cure for this. Um, you know, we're going, the stock market's never gonna recover. You're gonna lose your savings. You're gonna lose your retirement. Listen, if Satan's lips are moving, he's lying. He's a liar. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said he's a liar and the truth is not in him. Jesus even calls him the father of all lies. So I'm just telling you, Satan will lie to you all the time. I'm just gonna give you a practical illustration, okay? Um, you, you can be in your home, and let's say that um, uh, your wife is gonna prepare dinner that night and she's, been, she's gotten home maybe from her job as well or whatever she's been doing, help the kids and she's preparing dinner. 
and the husband will ask a question, you ask a question, and she'll hear something different because she's stressed out and she'll say something and you'll hear something different. So let me just give you an analogy. Debbie's here on the front row, but not that this has ever happened in our home, right, sugar? Okay, all right. So, but the husband might say, when is dinner going to be ready? And here's what Satan does. He'll go to the wife and say, did you hear what he said? He said, when is dinner finally going to be ready? You tell him, it'll be ready when I get it ready. And then the enemy goes to the husband and says, did you hear what she said? She said, if you want dinner, fix it yourself. That's exactly the way the enemy is. I'm just telling you, don't talk yourself into a depression because the enemy will jump on top of you. So point number one is stop talking to yourself. Here's point number two. It's gonna shock you a little bit. Start talking to yourself. <laughs> okay, so I know I gotta explain this. Stop talking to yourself in a negative way and start talking to yourself in a biblical way. I could say positive, but a biblical way. Here's what David does, Psalm 42, verse five. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted, I'll come back to that word in a moment, within me? And then here's what he tells the soul. He's talking to himself now. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Here's what he's saying. This season's gonna pass. This is just a season. Why are you cast down? That word cast down means press down. Uh, let me give you another word for press down. Depressed. When you get in your car, you depress the gas pedal or depress the brake. You depress. So many times people never thought about this. This is what the word depressed means. Depressed, if you say I'm depressed or a person has depression, here's what you're saying. That person's being pushed down. Well, who's pushing you down? The enemy's pushing you down and you don't need to agree with the enemy with your mouth. So don't be depressed. And then he says to his soul, and you're also disquieted. Now, I know that's not a word we use a lot, but in the Hebrew, it means growling, like an animal growling. In other words, he's talking to himself saying, why are you growling? Let me, let me say it another way. Why are you grumbling on the inside of me? Why? You have to say to your mind, stop it. I mean, I had to do it. This last week, I can remember just one morning, I just got flooded with fear, just flooded with fear. And think about it. If you have a cough, immediately. Uh, I must have the coronavirus. I better go get tested, you know? You, you're, and you just, you can just keep going. And I felt a little achy lately. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> and I'm not saying don't use wisdom. I'm not saying that. I mean, if you have a cough or the fever, if you have any symptoms, go get tested. Call your doctor. I understand that. I'm just saying what you know to be true is we can get depressed and the enemy gets on top of us and he pushes us down and we get more and more depressed and then we start grumbling on the inside. And you have to tell your soul, stop grumbling. Here's basically what David said to his soul, shut up, shut up. Let's talk about that God is gonna bring us through this season. God's gonna get us through this. Um, let me tell you a little bit about a disease that most of you've heard of but many of you have never dealt with it. It's called smallpox. And many of you watching have never even seen this disease. And I'm grateful for that. But smallpox was a disease that began around the time of Christ, actually. 
So for almost 2,000 years, it was very prevalent and it kept growing and growing and getting worse and worse in our society. In the 18th century, the 18th century, in Europe, it's estimated 400,000 people died a year for 100 years. That's 40 million, by the way, if you're counting. In just Europe. In the 20th century, it's estimated 300 million people died worldwide. And in the last 100 years of its existence as a disease, it's estimated 500 million people had died in the last 100 years, just in the last 100 years, not over time, in just the last 100 years of its existence. But scientists found a vaccine, and in 1980, the World Health Organization put out a statement, and they certified the global eradication of smallpox, that it was completely gone from the face of the earth. That's why many of you may have heard of it, or you might not have, but many of you have never even seen it, never even seen a case, because God gave the wisdom to the medical doctors and the scientists to come up with a vaccine. What I'm saying is, this too shall pass. It's going to pass. God has the wisdom, and God's going to give us that wisdom. Uh, I also want to just, just put in here, <laughs> this is a great time to minister to people. In other words, let's change our negative view to a positive view. What can I do to help someone else right now? Now, let me give you just two little positives here. So last week was our first week completely online. We normally have about 35,000 in attendance every weekend at our campuses. Think about this now, 35,000 on the weekends. Do you know what our attendance was last weekend online? You ready for this? 195,000. From 35,000 to 195,000 online last weekend. Life Church, Pastor Craig Groeschel, I preached there just a few weeks ago, two, mass, two weeks in a row, matter of fact. Um, but I spoke with Craig this week. Life Church last weekend, they normally have, they're the largest church in America, and they normally have about 1,000 people accept Christ every weekend. 1,000 people every weekend, 50,000 a year. Last weekend, their first week, completely online, they had 15,000 people accept Christ. 15,000. I'm just telling you, this God can take what Satan has meant for evil and turn it for good. That's what I want you to hear. So stop listening to your negative self. Start talking to yourself, the biblical principles. But here's number three, is get with God. You gotta get with God. Um, I wanna read verse five to you again. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. It's not just positive talk. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, the reason I want to go to that scripture is because when you read Psalm 42 and 43, that scripture is actually three times. It's almost word for word all three times. It's verse 5 in Psalm 42. It's verse 11 in Psalm 42. But also in Psalm 43, it's verse 5 again. So in Psalm 42, verse 5 and verse 11, Psalm 43, verse 5 but there's one word that's different. I wanna show you that word because it's important. So again, just to remind you, the last phrase of Psalm 42 verse five says the help of his countenance, and his is capitalized because it's referring to God, the help of his countenance. 
Verse 11 says the help of my countenance. And then Psalm 43, verse five says the help of my countenance. So it starts out his countenance and it goes to my countenance. So what's God saying? (laughs) What's God saying through this scripture? Here's what I think he's saying. And I think this is what David is saying. When I look in his face, it changes my face. When I look at God, instead of the circumstances, I get encouraged rather than discouraged. When I push into God, God pushes into me. When I draw near to God, God draws near to me. I'm telling you, it changes. And here's the thing you need to know. He's talking about his countenance, his face. Think about this. When something's going on, people see it on our face. We can't hide it. We might even try to hide it. We might go to another room and you know, try to fix our face. And we come out and someone immediately looks at our face and says, are you okay? What's going on? Because we can't hide it. Well, this happened last week, and this is what I want to close with. Um, Debbie and I like to watch old TV shows, okay? And so I say old because they were on when we were young. So anyway, um, and we're not elderly, we're just older. Okay, let's clarify that. All right, so, uh, but, but they are giving us discounts, please. All right, but anyway, so here's the thing. So we, we like to watch old TV shows. So we're watching this old TV show uh, this past week, and there's this scene where a guy, one of the family members, is being rolled into surgery. And we watched it, but for both of us, the memories came back. It's almost two years ago now, but I was rolled into surgery, not knowing if I'd ever see Debbie again, her not knowing if she'd ever see me again. So we turned the TV off and I'm trying not to say anything. I'm trying not to show it on my face. But when I looked at her, I saw it on her face and she saw it on my face. And I said, I didn't like that scene. She said, I didn't like it either. Because when it happens to you, it's different. I promise you, it's different. And most of us have gone through something like this. And so we started talking. And we started talking about the surgery and how long the surgery was. And I, didn't, I don't really know a lot of that. I don't know these things, you know. And we'd never really talked about this. She talked about how they thought it would be six hours and how it seems that when six hours came and passed and you know, they had little updates, but she's sitting there looking at the clock and I asked her what she felt in the waiting room. And, and you know, I just heard some, and that pretty soon we're both crying. We're just crying. And then all of a sudden, at the same time, it's like something just turned in us. And Debbie said, but God healed you. And I said, and I'm still here. And it's like we talked ourselves into a little bit of being discouraged, remembering that it was tough, it was painful. And then we started bringing God into it and we could see our souls turn around just like that. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm telling you, it's okay to be concerned, but we're not gonna be fearful. We should make wise decisions and we are. We're gonna make wise decisions. But every one of us have gone through something like this before. All of us have. We've gone through something like this. We've gone through 9-11, we've gone through 2009, we've gone through a difficult situation, and God is always faithful. 
So we are gonna be a people of faith and of peace, not fear. What an amazing, amazing on-time message. And now I wanna ask you to bow your head, close your eyes and just do what we do every single week and just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me right now? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Maybe you need to, like Pastor Robert said, you need to stop talking to yourself in unhealthy ways and start talking to yourself God's way. Or maybe you need to start or restart a relationship with Jesus to make the decision to follow him. And listen, if you need peace today, I'm telling you, you need a relationship with the Prince of Peace. And like we do every single week, we want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to grace, to receive the free gift of salvation and to receive forgiveness. And if you know that that's your response today, that's what God is leading you to do. I want you to pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you make me brand new? God, I surrender my whole life to you. Tell him this, say, I give you my life. And today I choose to follow you. Thank you for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 